Welcome to From the Red Room. I'm your host, Mitch Proctor. This episode features a couple grand gentlemen here uh, who are uh, run deep with passion and tall with stories. Uh, to my left, uh, previous and returning guest, uh, Mike. Thanks. Nice to be here, Mitch. I'm excited. <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've taken on a new moniker at work. Oh, you have a new moniker? What is that? Uh, they have taken to call me, calling me Money Mike, and then I have given myself the moniker DJ Money Mike. That's oh, that's better. No, yeah, that's better. Right. I'm actually with it. Yeah, DJ Money like Mike. DJ Money of, Mike? Yeah, I'll, DJ I'll Money Mike. <laughs> why, why did it change to DJ Money Mike? Well, so, you know, working at Barnes & Noble right now, uh, we're, we're really focused on trying to improve our sales and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm part of the management team. Uh, so we've been checking sales figures every hour, and then we have headsets that everybody wears. So every hour now we're telling everybody where we're at in sales. Mm-hmm. So, you know, most people get on there and they're like, oh, you know, our sales right now are at this and they're at this. So I'm oh, like, I you know what? Know where this is going. I'm like, I got to make this a little more fun. So the other day I got on there, I'm like, hey, everybody, it's DJ <laughs> Big Money Mike coming at you at the top of the hour. Just going to give you some sales updates. You know, I just, I'm like, I was goofing off, man. You know me, I can't take things too seriously. And uh, I got to make it fun. Wasn't That's Money awesome. Mike like a male stripper movie? No, Magic Mike. Oh, Magic, Magic Mike. Mike. Okay, Magic. because I guess in your dreams it was it was Money Mike. Well, I've had that dream too, though. It's okay. I was thinking, you know, that I think that'd be a great way to drive sales, but I'm just saying. So, <laughs> what is the what is I'd Barnes and Noble's that. policy on topless uh, managerial staff? Well, depending on who it is, I'm all for it. Well, I mean, like if it were <laughs> like were you, is it, is it no shirt, no shoes, this no service? This should not be a blanket <laughs> process <laughs> here. Yeah, this you know is what? Not. I don't discriminate. <laughs> Uh, and the other sonorous voice uh, that you're hearing over there is uh, our newest guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? Lash LaRue. Um, Welcome, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I've, I've listened to a couple of these already and been uh, looking forward to getting onto this with you guys. So I, it, it, this has actually happened. We've set it up a couple of times. Hasn't quite worked out yet, but uh, here we are. Here we are, finally. So, um, yeah. By way of like a little bit of history, uh, because uh, people have already heard mics and they don't want to sure. hear it again. Just a real quick, what's, what's your history? Like, how do you know Mike? How do you know me? Give us a little bit about yourself. Like, why are our listeners going to uh, jump into what you've got to say today? Well, so my, my history really started with Mike. So yeah. True story. Um, as, yeah. as many people's did. Yeah, uh, well, you I was, go back a long way. Yeah, I, 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 I worked in uh, home theater. I still work in home theater. That's, that's kind of my background. Um, I'm a big techie guy. I love games. Uh, I worked at Circuit City at the time. They went through an entire liquidation there, had to get out of there. And, yeah, I pretty much just went into Mike's store and bugged the shit out of him until he decided to uh, give me an opportunity to work there. You know what's funny about that? It was Drew that finally gave him an interview. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I'll be honest, I was a little unsure about Lash. At first, I, yeah, how, could that, like, how could you be unsure about you this? Know what? Because I, I was annoying. He was well, well, so annoying. I wouldn't he, leave. He already put Circuit City out of business. <laughs> and, right, uh, and, and I've Drew, taken two businesses down, so I'm working on my third. Yeah, Right on, man. So. That's true. Cool. That's true. Well, you should come to work for us at Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, re- the recruitment part of the conversation hasn't happened yet. That'll be later <laughs> yeah. in the day. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, you know, I went in, and, um, and uh, they gave me an opportunity, started working there, and then... As I worked there, I just I realized the affinity that um, Mike had for movies and games, which was the same of mine, same as mine. And I, I really didn't I didn't know too many people who liked that stuff as much as I did on that level or, or was as knowledgeable, you know. And and um, so 
we we would always joke around about movies and games and doing the movie lines and and was this before you joined his team? No, no, no. This or is this kind of this started when right I, when I when I was working right. there, right? right? When I got to know him better. So the familial lines <laughs> are as Drew gave him the interview. Did did he know at the time? Did Drew know that you hadn't given last the interview? Uh, Drew knew did, that Drew, Drew knew behind that your back. And no, no, no. <laughs> Drew Drew did it with my blessing. <laughs> He's like, look, man, this guy keeps coming in here. He's been in here a lot. He's a real good customer. Uh, he knows a lot, and uh, I think we could, I think we could use him. Awesome. So Drew, Drew talk, talked Drew. me into it, and I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's the, see what what happens. The short answer is that Drew is an awesome judge of character. Yeah, I've, I've, and yes, he, he picked is. up on it. You know, Mike needed a little nudge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, there. I, I was like, yeah, I don't know. The guy's a little flaky. I'm not sure if we want to <laughs> we want to go this yeah. way. Yeah. And I'm we not smell talk, our own. That's right. I'm not talking leprosy. Whoa. <laughs> All my parts are falling off of me. <laughs> I'm only half the man I used to be. Yeah. So, so yeah, that uh, we did that for a couple of years there, I think. Yeah. And then uh, uh, I got a calling to, to get back into home theater, which, you know, was, was a really, really big passion of mine. So I got out. I think I came back once or twice. I can't count how many I times. Think, I, I think he came back, back once. Once. Yeah, yeah. He actually worked his way up to management, yeah. which is I think how he knew you. I got to enjoy some some uh, lash in San Antonio. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was awesome too, man. You guys were a good getting, adventure. Been to those a couple of those uh, manager conferences. I've been to one or two. <laughs> you guys were showing me around. I, I kept getting stuck looking at shit, and then you know, you and Neil kept grabbing me by the shirt. They're like, "Let's roll, man! We can't just stand <laughs> there moving. staring at shit." Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it was. It's sad. It's like a thirteen-year-old kid with zits looking at his first boobies or oh. something. It's, Not much has changed. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where it's great to get to know someone who I've known but didn't get to know yet. Like, I didn't realize that you had such a passion for the. Uh, the home theater side of things. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm about that. Oh, I, oh. I, it, I mean, I mean I'm honestly, a you two should, you two file. should talk. He, he knows everything about all this stuff, how to hook it up. Like, so I went in one time looking for a TV mm-hmm. and I, I asked Lash, I'm like, hey man, what am I looking for? <laughs> He's like, dude, right here, this TV right here is high fi which means it has the highest fidelity. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Was that really good? Yeah. yeah. No, no. I, I went and asked him about different things. Like, this TV is in color. That's yeah. right. He's like, he's like the blacks. You will not believe what they're doing nowadays. <laughs> I have a story about that. Oh. Yeah. No, no. Tell the story. I was yeah. giving you the intro for that. So, so working at Circuit City, and uh, that was back in plasma and LED. Okay, mm-hmm. you didn't have OLED. Um, and plasma was the new big thing, and uh, we had a couple come in, and uh, they said, hey, yeah, we're looking for a television. And so I said, what size are we looking for? They said 46-inch. So I take them over to this television, and I say, I say uh, hey, look, it, they had the Wimbledon tournament on it, which was what, what was going on. Sports are gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and, uh, so I said, well... What's the di- they asked me, what's the difference between plasma and, and, and LCD? That was actually LCD. It wasn't LED. It was LCD. And I said, well, the biggest difference between plasma and LCD is the blacks. And she kind of looks at me, and I said, well, look. Look at the blacks on this one, and look at the blacks versus this one. Well, what I didn't realize was that Venus... Williams was playing Serena Williams <laughs> and they looked at me and and I and I was not getting it I, 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 I was not I, getting it I was like guys they look, look at me like I got a booger hanging out of my nose and I said 
no, guys, seriously, look at the blacks. You guys, you see what I'm talking about, right? And they yeah. go, <laughs> and after them, after this? that, he's uh, like, hey, can you guys sponsor yeah. my little Hitler youth group? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. right. Um, Sign up now. That's right. Yeah, this TV's got a swastika on it. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and, and I still wasn't getting it, and my manager jumped right in. And he goes, oh, guys, he's talking about the color blacks. He's not talking. And I'm, I'm looking at him like, what the hell? <gasps> no, 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 no. And it was this whole thing. I said, you know what? I'm going to get you guys somebody else. I don't think I can recover from this. Yeah, you know? It's just one of those embarrassing moments in retail, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, like do you remember, Mitch, when I worked with you at the uh, Grant and Swan store? Yes, I do. So there was, you remember right about that time, GameStop came out with that whole thing where we wanted to do the... Uh, uh, approach with customers or no it was with eb games that's right eb games did that thing where you didn't want to start a conversation with customers about anything in the store you wanted to start a conversation with them so they saw you as a person not as a salesperson sure so i had a lady walk in one night on crutches and uh, i went up and started talking because that's an easy thing to talk about right i'm like oh my gosh i'm like what happened to your leg she's like oh i had it amputated I'm like, uh, all right, well, if you need any help finding anything, uh, let us know. And I ran to the back. Okay, bye. Yeah, I'm like, I immediately went right to the back. I'm like, somebody else will be here to help you shortly. I yeah. wish I had written all those down over yeah. the years because it happens time and time again. I know. They always try and reinvent the wheel. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, not even those. Just those moments where you, something comes out of your mouth. Oh, and okay. Like, oh, and I love that Lash didn't even recognize what was going on. That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Like when we have these discussions about... Um, like drawing lines, mm-hmm. like at a certain point, if, if you just stop drawing lines, mm-hmm. then it's, it's, it solves a lot of problems. And this is one he didn't even recognize was happening in front of him. Like I, I'm Hap- with you. All it the, it uh, happened absolutely. to me today. It happened to me today. I, uh, we got a, a guy that's interviewing today for a manager in training and he comes in and he's on crutches and I just assume something just recently happened and he's yeah. going to be off the crutches. And as I walked over and I approached him, I said, hey, Dan, how you doing? He says, I'm good, I'm good, man, how are you? I said, good. And I looked down, and it's obviously something with his leg, and I, I'm not sure what it is, and I, something happened. I don't know what it was, but I was like, you know what, don't say anything, because I got the impression he did a body movement or something. I, I, I still don't know what it was, to where I was like, you know what, that's not, that's not a recent thing. Like, he's he's... He's in crutches. He's yeah. going to be in crutches for a while. I mean, maybe the rest of his life. So I didn't say anything. And then, uh, but um, one of my associates had worked with him previously at another retailer. And he goes, yeah, he got into a car, or a motorcycle accident like three and a half years ago. Dang. And I was like, wow, man. You know what I mean? And it was just like, I, I saved myself on that one. So I'm, I'm batting 500. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, you just, you don't know, man. You know, you're trying to build a rapport with something and you're right. Something comes out of your mouth and you go, shit. <laughs> you know what? That's it gives me an opportunity to talk about retail because we all do the retail thing. Mm-hmm. Like, was there something that ever like really captured you that made you enjoy retail or what you love about retail? And of course I only asked the question because I have a story of my own or sure. like, there's like a, re- like a reference, but like Mike, what's your retail story? Like what? what well, I've been, with? I've been working retail for God over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started out mm-hmm. working like at a grocery store, you know, bagging groceries and stuff. Um, I think the thing I love about retail is I like meeting different people. I've never really been shy. And, you know, so even even to your point, Lash, where sometimes like I'll so I'll be at work now, someone will come in and ask you ask about a book on cancer. And I have a I have a tendency to get conversation going. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you are you buying that book for yourself or for someone else? 
And like I have people sometimes tell me they're like, "Oh, I'm buying it for myself." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, are you are I, like so I don't mean yeah. to pry, but what is going on in your life?" Yeah. And I'll have people tell me. And I'm just curious. Yeah. And and I like interacting with people. Um, you know, and of course we all have those good and those bad interactions and unfortunately sure. sometimes we remember the bad and we forget about the good. But I loved when I was working at GameStop, you know, the last store I worked at was a Foothills Mall store and I've been there for five years, and at that point, a lot of my customers were like family. You know, in fact, I still see some of these kids that are no longer kids. Damn it! And uh, <laughs> they come in. You know, to, to, I see them at Barnes and Noble, and they're all grown up. They're married. Some of them got kids of their own. And I, I I'm like, you know, I kind of almost. I don't necessarily feel like I was a father figure or anything. I just maybe a friend, sure. somebody to talk to. You know, and they, I, I knew they enjoyed coming into the store to see me. To mm-hmm. talk about games and stuff and kind of share a love for things that we had. But then I also got to know a little bit about them personally, you know. I had a woman, and I can't, I honestly, I feel bad because I do not remember her name. But she had come in one night looking for a game, and I told her, I'm like, I think I can get it from another store. And so I got it transferred and everything for her. Called her up, and I'm like, okay, we got this on the way. We'll have it here on this day. And, you know, we got it in. She, I think it was a present for one of her sons. And she was so grateful. She made me a sweet potato pie. And brought it in like a couple weeks later for me, yeah. and and I've seen her since then. You know she's uh, doing well. Her boys are doing well. Yeah. Um, you know I just love that part of it, that aspect of it. Like when you when you have a store and you become established and you kind of establish like <clears throat> almost like a not necessarily a bar like a neighborhood bar, but kind of that type but of why thing. Not? It's like, it's like a family. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, yeah, like they it's, come there to talk to you, it's but a also to, zone. Yeah, yeah. They're I can comfortable go in there and there. I'm chilled, and right. I know those people. And they know me. We've mm-hmm. got a little bit of a history together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely like cheers. I think that's kind of Everybody what I knows like. Your name, kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I do that. All, I used to do that all the time. People walk through the door, and there were times when I'd embarrass customers because I'm like, guys, we got Joe in the house. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I do something loud like that, and you know, I didn't make fun of people. Well, all the time. Well, that's another reason why you kind of stood out and had a you know, as far as like your reputation, you made it a destination. You mm-hmm. made it someone's third place. Mm-hmm. You know, that's to steal from Starbucks. You know, that's, yeah, yeah. it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I, I loved it. Yeah. I, I really do, uh, for the most part, I enjoy retail, you mm-hmm. know, like I said, and part of what I like is just getting to know people. Yeah. Lesh? You know, for me, it, it didn't start off that way. You sure. know what I mean? I got into retail because I really just got a rush out of buying things. I buy things. I like buying things, you know what I mean? And I like TVs, and when I got a new TV, it just felt awesome. You know what I mean? That's so hot right Um, now. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So, like, just that rush, (laughs) that rush, you know? And and I was so knowledgeable on this stuff, and I taught myself so many things about it. Um, And when when I would go in there and I would buy something and I would get that rush, you know? It's just what I was into, so then... The natural progression for me was just like, well, I like this stuff. Why don't I just deal with it all day? Right? <laughs> yeah. So so then, you know, I'm I'm in GameStop, I'm bugging Mike to death. I'm mm-hmm. going into I'm going into Circuit City, I'm bugging Greg Flynn to death, you know, and hey, give me a job here, give me a job. I mean Circuit City, I went in as a uh, as a loss prevention. I was highlighting receipts up at the front because he didn't have any openings, you know, and then somebody wanted to steal some video games. Two TV guys chased him out. They lost their job. And that's how I started selling TVs. So, you know, so then when, when customers would come in and they would see me talk about this stuff, I really wasn't even selling it to them. I was just talking about it. Yeah. Just passionate. About and it. they just, just saw the passion that. Yeah. and that passion turned into credibility. And then that credibility turned into 
a customer and then that customer turned into clientele, mm -hmm. you know? And so this natural thing just kind of happened. And, and now I'm a GM at a big retail store and, and now I get people that come in and say, I only want to deal with Lash. Like, I don't sell anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. I clean up everybody's mess, mm -hmm. you know? But they still want to deal with me. And um, so I would like to say it's because I like helping people and all this and that. But, you know, that just wouldn't be the truth. That's that's where it is now. I love it when somebody comes in and goes, Lash, you know, like they, you know, a customer. You said they came in and brought you a, a pie? Was yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we got a, I got a customer that comes in and, and he carves these, these little wood deals that they're your, it's your name oh. and they sit on a desk or a tabletop or something. He's done me, my wife, my two kids, um, you know, and I mean, that's just, that's just one example. You know, we get cookies all the time. I get yeah. Christmas presents. Um, one of them was like, Hey, come into the dentist's office. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of the kids, you know, and it's, 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 it's a really cool feeling. So oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I'm, kind of the, I still see the parents of some of my, the kids that used to shop with me all the time. Yeah. I talk to the parents now and I'm like, Hey, how's the, how are they doing? They're like, Oh, they're doing great. You know, how are you doing? How's your family? You know, and they know about my kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you know, they always ask how things are going. You get to watch people, you get to see, see lives mm -hmm. and be a part of it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. So yeah, what's your what's your story? My story yeah, is yeah. not nearly as as romantic as those. Mine comes from John Cusack and seeing the movie High Fidelity. <laughs> like that, <laughs> at the end of the day, that was really like I, when I saw that movie. I was like, you know what? I I, I could do that. I mm -hmm. could I could sell some records. And You're like, what is your top five? Yeah, what is your top five? The moment when I realized that I wanted to to do retail, and you know, uh, there's there's of course a backstory. We probably covered it in previous uh, podcasts, but was the moment when he said. I will now sell three copies of the Beta Band, and he put that record on, mm -hmm. and then like you I see remember. people's heads start bobbing around the, the the record store, and then he's like, "Hey man, what's what's this? What is this? What are you listening to?" And he's like, "It's Beta Band." And they're the good. Like, yeah, they're good. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> like I loved that. That was that was yeah. fantastic. And I wanted to, and granted, I ended up in games, but I wanted to work at a record shop. I wanted to introduce people to new music that they hadn't heard before, and give them that that thrill. So it, it was an easy transition into games because it was something else that I was passionate about that I was like, you know what? I played this and I loved it. I had X amount of hours. I had mm -hmm. this great adventure in this fantastic world and I loved it. And here, maybe you should try it out. Maybe you'll have a great time too. Oh, yeah. And so that's where that came from, which leads us to that first topic. Go ahead, Lash. Uh, well, I was just going to say it. I mean, yeah, because I <clears> think <throat> that's going to be a perfect segue. But I, I just, I think that that's kind of the... When you really, when you really dumb it down and just look at, at it, at its core, I mean, when when I was six, if I had something that was really cool, I just wanted to show everybody. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Like, don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. It's exactly <laughs> what it is. I mean, yeah. we're just big kids. This is oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you know what I want to show people what I think is awesome. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And well, I, and the I funny think, yeah. thing is, is in, in this day and age, right? Like mm -hmm. nowadays being the nerd, the guy who plays the games, the guy who watches the anime, watches all these Marvel movies mm -hmm. and whatnot. You're cool. Yeah. Like everybody's doing it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Where back in the day yeah. it was like, okay, the nerds did that. Right. Yeah. You, there was a seg segregation between like the jocks and all, and everybody who was reading the comic books or playing the video games. Nowadays, that's the cool thing. I told mm -hmm. my eight-year-old, I'm like, I'm like, we were watching a movie one day, and she said something. I'm like, you know what? You're a nerd. <laughs> but that's okay, because right now, nerds rule the world. Nerds yeah. are cool. Yeah. Nerds yeah. are cool. That's true. Yeah. That's well, true. you know, if, if it couldn't be rock and roll, then at least it's, it's games and movies. At least it's pop culture, because rock is dead. 
And so that my first passion is there's it's I think there's Rock no there's no dead. Dead. Rock it's is sad dead. but true. It's Bullshit. sad but true. Yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking. Every not time here I though. No, not in your heart. heart. Never no. in your heart. No, <laughs> no, never in your heart. So there we got nerds. Still, at least we got like pop culture and stuff. So what what really do you guys think drives the passion behind games? Like what was it that really got you guys into it? Mm-hmm. Um, and or maybe well, like, what was maybe the first game that really. <laughs> really oh, captured your imagination, oh, you know. Okay, I know, so, and I know that's going to date, date some of us. Yeah, I'm gonna, well, no, I've got jokes. Go, I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, yeah, master. Go right ahead. Uh, okay, so for Employee me, number five, the first, the first game that I ever played that I absolutely loved, absolutely loved, uh, was when I was a kid. The first Atari that came out. There was a game called River Raid yeah. by Activision, and it, all it was was a simple game. You know, you're flying along. Uh, your, your plane can only move side to side and maybe a little bit forward and back. You're shooting different ships and, and planes that are flying across the screen at, at perpendicular to your plane. And you would earn points. And every level you'd get more points and you'd, you'd go on to the next level and you'd earn more points. Well, when the game first came out, if you reached a certain level of points, you could take a picture of of your score, <laughs> you could send it into Activision. This like was email an act- it. Like this was an email it to Activision. Yeah, you could totally email it to Activision. <laughs> this is so back, fucking back awesome. in like nineteen eighty whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, no, you you had to snail mail it. In fact, my father took a picture of the TV screen, and what he sent in was not the picture, but you remember the old slides? Oh, the, you're kidding me. No, no, he sent a slide. He took in, a picture and then sent a raven. Yeah. <laughs> Tied yeah. it to the bottom of its foot. Yeah. Exactly. A pigeon. Carrier pigeon. Uh, but, yeah, that was that was one of my first games I absolutely fell in love with. And I got a high score and sent it into Activision. And I still, to this day, have my River Raid patch because that was what you would get. You would get oh, a patch. Wow. It's a triangular patch. And it says, uh, I think it says River Raid or River Raider. I forget now. And it has these jets flying across it. And I have that patch to this day. That was one of my favorite games. That is some I, street cred. I played that, you know, and that was back in the time of Pac-Man. When mm. Pac-Man first came out on console, like on, on Atari. And, you know, this wasn't even the Atari 2600. This is before that. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's where I first got into it. But then, you just a little sidebar here. So Nintendo came out years later. I, I wasn't fortunate enough to own a Nintendo, <laughs> but I had a friend who did. Yeah. And you remember, like, the first, I think it was the first uh, Mario game where you could go through and you could do, like, multiplayer, but you would take turns, like, yeah. going until one of you died, and then the next person would play until he died. So I had a friend who was so damn good at the game. He would beat the game on one life. Before you got a turn? Before I got a turn. And I hate Mario to this day. <laughs> so I'm a hater of Mario. But I love a lot of other. You videos. know that explains a lot because I've heard you uh, extol your hatred for of Nintendo. Mario yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you like, yeah. I've, but now we know why. Yeah, well, well I, I the, love. And now you know I, the rest of the story. That, and yeah. now you know the rest of the story. Yes. <laughs> no, I love. I love Zelda. Love Zelda. But, yeah. You know that was. Those were some great games. But uh, yeah, Mario can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> and last, where do you fall on Mario? You know. Um, not, not a not a big Mario fan. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about passion though, yeah. and I, I just feel like there's a lot of critics out there, and even it, even with something that I'm not totally into, I see the, I see the the draw. I guess. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it, it's a it's a fucking phenomenon. You know what I mean? Like I'm tired of Halo Four, and they have 
like 50 Mario games and they just do all these different ideas and people just love that well, shit. Well, they keep repackaging yeah. your childhood and selling it back to you. I know, but I'm, I mean, even the, ki- the kids now are so into I'll buy it. it. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not... I don't have a Nintendo. I don't. I don't care for Mario. It's not my thing. But I get it. I right. guess you know. So what, what I mean? was your thing? What so really like it was, was like really got your your adolescent yeah, or whatever so, day it was going. I got my techiness from my dad. My dad was big, big techie uh, back then. The huge, you know, camcorder with the VHS, eight millimeter, all that stuff. And uh, he had gotten us an original Nintendo. And, um, you know, we had the Mario Brothers one, two, all that stuff. Or no, it was just the first one on that one, I think. And um, and it was, you know, I played a little, little bit. But one day, um, 1992, <laughs> uh, we were walking through the Tucson Mall. And I don't know if it was a software, et cetera. In fact, in fact I think... Mike, you probably were working there. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I didn't move. I didn't move to Tucson until '96, motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> Joke number one. All right. Um, and we walked by the window, and they had John Madden football on Super mm. Nintendo. It was. It was. Uh-huh. It wasn't the first one. It was uh, Madden '92 mm-hmm. on Super Nintendo. And it was the first time. And I, I, that was all I was into at the time was sports. And. Um, it was the first time I saw 11 players on a screen uh, and then 11 players on defense. I mean, you couldn't see shit. They all had number 88. They weren't even real teams. You know what I mean? And right. They didn't have real names in there. They didn't have any of that stuff. And it was it was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen on, on a TV. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was just, just the idea that I could play. Because, you know, when I was a kid, I'd always want to go out and play pickup football. But, I mean, you didn't have... 20 other friends to play football with you know what i mean you're the left tackle you're the left guard you know what i mean like i knew a lot about the game at that age and i just saw the simulation that's what i saw and i was just like holy shit and i saw my dad's face and i knew that face i said yep i'm getting that shit for christmas (laughs) and um I yeah. wish you would have gotten like a fire truck. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck fire trucks. Uh, because damn, that was that was uh, yeah, that was pretty there too. No, like no. T- let me tell you about fire. Trucks. Yeah, we're so t- yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. Um, but that's that's really where it started. And um, you know, to this day, I remember uh, my dad. And I mean, you know, obviously, my dad was was, you know, 35, 40 at the time. And he was just like, you know, wow. He was blown away by it too. And we would go and we would play. And I mean, back then you didn't That's even really have- That's really cool. It was really awesome. Cool. It was really, really awesome. You know, it's some of the some of the memories I have of my dad. And he, he would, uh, there was no artificial intelligence in the game at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I would get the ball, I would hand it off to Emmett Smith and I'd run in a fucking circle. And then the entire defense is chasing me in a circle. <laughs> right. And my dad would get yeah. so pissed off because my dad's thinking in his head, he's like, oh, I was in a nickel package. There's no way that the DB wouldn't have picked that up, you know? And, and, uh, I, I remember he would come in with his ashtray, his Marlboros, and his uh, Coca-Cola. And he would sit down at the edge of the bed, and we would play, and he would get so pissed off at this AI. And he would slam his Coke down, and he'd walk out, and I'd wait three minutes. He'd walk right back <laughs> in. He goes, turn that shit back on. You know? All right. Well, how, when was your dad born? Uh, my dad was born in 54, 55, okay. something like that. So, right. And he passed away when he was 50. I was 20. That was like 2001. Yeah. 
he sounds a little bit ahead of his time. A lot of that around right around that generation didn't necessarily always embrace technology. So that's pretty cool that you got to share that that experience oh, and memory yeah. with him. Yeah. yeah. It's like, where I, it's where I got. I think it. my dad like took like two looks at a video game like well, you know he played Pac-Man with me again on the 2600 mm-hmm. and then as soon as I beat his his top score that was it he never played again yeah. you know so was, he was like done with technology yeah. well see it was my father who mm-hmm. bought our first Atari yeah like bought it brought it home hooked it up to the TV and everything and then he was the one who would actually buy all the games for it huh. so and then my mother because most of the games at that time were all about high scores you know, yeah. It wasn't like you weren't actually competing against each other. There wasn't really just a narrative. Score. Right. So my mother put together a, a, a notebook or something that had every single kid's name in it. And then we would keep a tra- keep track of all of our high scores and see who was beating who. So my mother put together the competition so aspect right of it. And then my father was the one who was all about like, oh, yeah, check this out. You know, look at these graph. I don't even know if they called graphics back uh, yeah. then. But look at this. This is so awesome and different. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, and on a totally just kind of a side note, my father was the one also who was all about, like, growing up, he was all about TVs, uh, like, and all mm. about the stereo. Yeah. He was always about, like, oh, stereo. Well, my dad was about stereo. For sound sure, yeah. systems. Yeah. He always wanted surround sound. Yeah. And he wanted, like, the best speakers with, like, the best sound. And he and I would listen to music and stuff. Yeah. And, like, you know, we would talk about, like, music and, like, what it meant and, you know, all these different things. but And that's just a sidebar, but, well, like, it was my dad who kind of It is. We've touched the, on that before about dads and sons and, like, the, uh, the the passion over, like, tech or things versus, like, maybe, like... You know, in a way, it's almost like uh, like more of a modern-day, uh, uh, I guess, like a storytelling or a way to tell a story. You know how, like, mm-hmm. back in the day, like, fathers would pass on this, this, this legacy to their sons or mm-hmm. something? It almost seems like some of this electronic stuff nowadays is becoming like the legacy that's being passed on. Well, my yeah, yeah my I dad mean, was a musician, you know, and so that's where he got into all the tech. Okay, you know what I mean. Go. And he would tell me there all. It had to stories. be a way in, yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that was his. And then you know he got into the adult movie industry, porn industry. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's <laughs> that's another word for <laughs> there it. You go. Yeah. So um, you know, a lot of video editing and just. I mean, I remember having eleven VCRs stacked up on top of each other because he was just into this stuff, you know, huh. and just all this tech. And I mean, my childhood, my entire childhood is recorded, mm-hmm. you know, just all of it, you know. And so I was just around it, and yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean. Yeah. You just get connected to it, you know? Well, I mean, I mean, I know, like, you know, your father might not have been into all of, like, the, the video games and stuff, Mitch, but I know your father was very involved in your life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no. The... So I know that, like, he, he was an influence in your life and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's weird because, like, I know Lash right now, you know, he's his son. He's kind of passing this love of video games onto his son. Mm. And I remember mm. back... Okay, this is going to be dated back when I was working for EB Games at the Tucson Mall. Let me get ro- probably, warmed up here. Yeah. Probably about 1998, <laughs> uh, I don't know, whatever whatever year it was. I remember reading an article. I don't know, let me check the microfiche. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I remember reading an article talking about the fact that like the video game industry had changed because the video games were not being purchased by parents for their younger children anymore, but it was then being purchased by the 20-something-year-olds who had grown up playing the game. They're buying it for themselves. Right, they were buying it for themselves. And now we're at a point where those 20-something-year-olds are the 40-year-olds that are now buying this stuff to play with their kids. um, Absolutely. You know, and passing this love on. 
So I think Sorry, it's, I was just I went stupid for a second. No, I can't no, no, believe it's that much time. I can't blow yeah. my mind. Well, I know, right? Cuz like now nowadays like uh like ACDC, which was <laughs> one of my favorite bands, you know, Iron Maiden, they're they're classic rock. If you want to start if we want to uh, go down that rabbit hole, I mean to to really like put it in perspective, when I started when my dad introduced me to The Doors. Oh, like, love The Doors. Yeah. I was closer to The Doors when I was introduced to The Doors mm-hmm. than kids today are to Pearl Jam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? Like, that's a 30-year gap at this point almost. Mm-hmm. And, like, at the time, like, it was maybe 20 years. Yeah. Like, at that, maybe, like, between the time we lost Jim Morrison and my dad was like, hey, check out the doors. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you, know yeah. my, you know what my son's favorite band is? What's that? Guns N' Roses. That is <sighs> awesome. You know what? High five to you, because yeah. that's fucking that's awesome. That's parenting. That yeah. is parenting I right mean, there. Well, you know, that's and, awesome. and he loves... He, Hashtag it's, parenting it's, goals. Yeah. I mean, no, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about this, this I think is that's a pound fucking, sign. This is blowing my mind because <laughs> now that I'm thinking about this, if I think about his favorite bands, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. We're talking Aerosmith. We're talking Guns N' Roses. We're nice. talking Michael Jackson. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, those are probably his three favorites. And then, he, you know, he's got a couple of tracks on there that the kids are listening to now that uh, just make me want to jump out of the fucking car. <laughs> this, is, this is where I've failed my kids because they're now watching fucking YouTube. Yeah. And their favorite YouTuber puts out a video. YouTubers. And, they can, and they're, they're looking these people up on Spotify. <laughs> and they have the stupidest, stupidest next. songs. No. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is not music. I, I don't know what this is, but it, it well, all no, fucking because, sounds the same. Now, and like, they look like they look like, like overprivileged white kids what they look like. <laughs> and, Seriously. An well, instrument is political. not a soundboard that changes your voice. That's not an instrument. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, <laughs> right? You know? No, no. No, you do this podcast and you talk about, like, you know, we, we want to get to know people and stuff, mm-hmm. and this is some of the some of the good stuff. It oh, is. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, and, and when, when my dad was, when he was sick, he was getting sick, you know, you see a guy trying to cram everything that he can into the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and... um. He, I remember him sitting down there telling me, hey, l- listen, this is easy top. This is, I mean, and I've never heard so much music come from three people. <laughs> oh, my God. That's <laughs> true. Fucking that's nine true, people. Man. And he yep. would say shit like that. Yeah. And then you would you would listen to it. And you it would just blow your fucking mind, man. Mm-hmm. And you were like, yeah. And it was just like opening these doors, you know. And then just going back to the reference, you were, you were talking about um, the scene in The Crow, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. He's just sitting there with this guitar. You can't put that into words. Like when he's sitting there and he's hunched over and he's playing this riff on there, mm-hmm. you just, there's just something that connects inside of you and you can't, I don't know. You, there's the, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But when well, somebody shows you that or you see it, yeah. it just connects, man. And I just, I don't, I can't get that with today's stuff. I just well, that's, don't. Well, that's the thing yeah. about great music, I think, is that great music. Mm-hmm creates an emotion yeah and and creates an attachment mm-hmm. because and i and i i'm i know i'm going to screw this up but my wife told me something the other day she said that her mother had had texted her or posted something on facebook a meme or something about music and if and if i you know bear with me cuz i know i'm going to mess this up but it said something about like when you listen to music uh when you're i, I want to say it said something like when you're feeling sad you then understand what the composer meant when they did this mm-hmm. and then at other times when you're feeling happy then you understand what the music means to you or something like that yeah and, and it, I, it's true music changes with our own moods yeah and and like what's happening with us at different points in our lives like one of my favorite songs and i know mitch can relate to this is uh uh the cure uh, mm-hmm. again from the crow mm-hmm. burn 
I mm-hmm. lo- absolutely love Burn. And it's a weird song, uh, perhaps, to be at the gym and be using that to get myself <laughs> pumped. No, but to, I like, know, you know, lift yeah. weights and stuff. Because yeah. there are times when I use that song to just kind of sit and not necessarily brood, but just kind of kind of relax and decompress. Perhaps ruminate? Ruminate, yes, ruminate. <laughs> oh, uh, but then there's other times where I really, I literally had that song on a loop the other day at the gym because I'm like, every time I hear it, I'm just like, oh, I'm getting pumped, getting swole. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, great music, I think, creates an emotion and, and you remember things. That's the other thing, too. It's like when you hear a song, sometimes you can be instantly transported to where you were the first time you heard that song or it has a specific uh, significance to, like, an emotion you felt at a specific time. You know, whether it was, like, your first dance with a girl, first kiss, yeah. you know, w- whatever. Like, you know, just spending time with family even. Um, you know, for me, a lot of music, a lot of things that I listen to, especially older stuff, connects with me because of time I shared with my father. Mm-hmm. And I think you probably know that, mm-hmm. you know, from your father being a musician and Absolutely. everything. And then I know you probably know that as well. Man, I, I, you, just listening to you talk... I'm thinking about Bush, the band Bush. George Bush? No, not George <laughs> Bush. Not <laughs> W. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. No. Uh, like glycerine and... Oh, man, just... Um, I just, for some reason, for some reason, when I listen to that band, it just does something. Mm-hmm. It just does something. I don't I don't feel Certain like I have to... resonate. I don't yeah. have to explain oh, yeah. it to anybody. No. Like, like, I was listening to the other day, and so, you know, one of these young kids comes up to me, he's like, you still listen to that shit? And I said, you, you yeah. like your job? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, it just... Yeah. I, it doesn't matter. Like, nobody can touch me mm-hmm. when I'm listening to that. Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. can touch me. Like, I'm almost... Like, I'm bulletproof. Right. You know what I mean? And... Uh, no, I completely understand. It's just... It's, it's the coolest thing, man. It, and it is. It goes back to emotion. And it goes back to... You know, I think that's why you like the movies. You, mm-hmm. I like the games. You know what I mean? And it's that that's, passion you're talking about yes. right there. That's and not to be old man about it and be like, ah, oh, these kids today are music today. Yeah, it's so much background noise. Like mm-hmm. I don't really talk to a lot of people who can get passionate mm-hmm. about some of the stuff that's really popular now. And again, I I know that there's going to be like blowback on this. It's going to be like, oh, you're just a bunch of old men talking about the glory days of rock. Maybe we are. Maybe we are, <laughs> yeah. and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But there's that passion that it, that that really drives you. When you were talking about a great song, great music is something mm-hmm. that you can get passionate about. Like I don't mm-hmm. feel that or see that or get that kind of response. It's it's very it's very fleeting. It's very, mm-hmm. like, all the, the modern stuff that people yeah. are listening to, the Kardashians of the world have turned us into, like, this lack of attention, lack of passion. It's just, it's vapid, it's vacant, it's not, it's not connecting. And it's coming mm-hmm. out at such a rate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we, we did not no have to access to that. Right, exactly. You can't, right, you can't even take time to appreciate something because there's already another song out there, you well, know? Yeah. Well, I think, Mitch, I think you told me one time... Uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I believe you told me one time that Dave Grohl mm-hmm. had come out and said that, like, you know, he didn't like all these reality shows where people are trying to get, you know, record deals and stuff because real bands start in a garage with yeah. some friends. And it, it, this is the problem. That sounds like some Grohl would say. This yeah. is the problem with, with some of the music. And like I said, I, I failed as a parent because my kids are watching YouTube <laughs> all the time. And, and they're they're playing songs by these people. And I'm looking at this stuff and... Every single song that these people do, there's some group called the Dobre Brothers, and there's some guy called something Paul, P- 
Peter. Uh, I don't know what his name is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there's these other guys. <laughs> Sounds like an apostle. Yeah, he might be. <laughs> he might be an apostle. It might be like the second coming mm-hmm. of Christ because the world's coming to an end or something. <laughs> but but uh, the it, second time Christ comes, it'll be as a lion. Oh, hopefully and, and it'll, it'll eat some of these people. <laughs> and he's yeah. gonna look like Justin Bieber. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. He ain't gonna be Justin. Bieber. Well, because oh. so so like these these people on YouTube, right? They're they started out by being YouTubers and getting followers and then they start going into music and stuff and some of their music it's just crap it mm-hmm. sounds the same they're copying each mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. And they're not doing anything original and I know Mitch you and I mentioned this I, you know one time I asked you like do you ever feel sad thinking that perhaps every note that could ever <laughs> be played has already been played and I think what was your response to that wasn't it I don't have I couldn't I, I, I don't want to quote it because I don't know what it would have uh, been but it doesn't make me I'm not sad because I think there is more honestly and there are only mm-hmm. finite number of notes there's only a finite number but there's still going to be art there's still going to be passion there's still going to be people who are going to feel something right like when you look at like the list of producers and writers on like Beyonce's album mm-hmm. you know and there's like 38 producers 46 writers 78 musicians like and then you look at something like Beck, mm-hmm. written by, performed by Beck, mm-hmm. or Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, yeah, is Nine Inch Nails. Like, there's there's a difference there. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. you know, I was listening to uh, Steven Tyler. He was on Joe Rogan. Oh, really? I don't know if you guys saw this. This was no. just recently. It was just in the last month. I mean, this guy's talking about, you know, he's 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 married. He's trying to have a baby with his wife. And the band's like, what the fuck? Can you he need do to write, that? You need Tyler? to write. Yeah. Steven Tyler's yeah. trying to have a baby? Different. Well, I mean, well, it's he, different for men. It, mm-hmm. and, he, and the band, the band's <laughs> like, hey, man, what the hell were you doing last night? You, you're supposed to write a bunch of songs, you know? So he stays up all night, gets high, writes all these songs, takes a ca- taxi cab down to the, the music studio, runs up there and says, hey, man, I got the songs. Shit, left him in the taxi cab. <gasps> oh, are you serious? Somebody has... Steven Tyler's songs in a, in a taxi cab. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and they don't and, know what they've got there. And he says, to yeah. this day, the, the band doesn't believe me. He says, I just, but I mean, you know, Still, I know wow. I, I know the story's going off on a tangent, but what I, what I mean by that is that, yeah, this guy, this one guy, Steven Tyler is like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to stay up all night. We're going to do this. We're going to write these songs. Or, you know, they lock themselves in a studio and says, we're, we're not leaving until we got five hits. That's so hot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's not, you know what I mean? And I think... Well, Again, those those oh, guys almost, are old school too, where like you had to produce an album that had like yeah. numerous hits instead of just like a, a mm-hmm. CD or now I guess Amazon, uh, what is it, uh, <laughs> I, iTunes or whatever, mm-hmm. where you can put out one song and all of a sudden make millions of dollars. Well, that's the other thing you talked about. He's like, if you want a song with 13 albums, you write 22 songs. You pick the first 13s, mm-hmm. you're going to have a good fucking album. Yeah. Like, that's what you do, you know? And, and you know, it, and to kind of tie this into the, the Mario thing that you were talking about, you're asking if I'm a Mario fan. I know this is a weird connection, but, like, even with the newer music that's coming out, the fact that I don't connect with it, like, I can still appreciate some of it, and it's mm-hmm. evolved, but I just don't care for it. It's just, it's not... I don't see that scope or that perspective mm-hmm. anymore because there's just so many people involved, and it doesn't have that that just dig your heel into the sand and we got to figure this out you know we got to write something we got to you know right i, I don't know i don't it almost know. feels like fluff it is fluff you know and yeah. you, you got to dig deep to find something it's just it's still out there and you'll still bump into it from time to time but it's mm-hmm. definitely getting harder to mm-hmm. find mm-hmm. yeah i think there's a lot of people out there with like passions for different things and you know it's interesting we started talking about like video games and kind of moved into music and stuff here you know, and, and there are different things, I think, that have influenced us. You know, like, for instance, video games, a, lo- a lot of video games wouldn't be the same without a really good 
soundtrack or like mm-hmm. you know the music in the background because the music creates an emotion. That was originally what I. Oh, I don't want to interrupt you there. Sorry. No, no, no. That, that's just kind of this is this is where we need to go. No, that was yeah. actually originally. Because the band broke up and, and like you talk about like making that connection, those connections are really hard to find. Absolutely. It's, you can find someone to jam with. That's not that hard. And that's fun. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about like trying to create music and you're trying to create something raw and you're like really sharing of yourself, mm-hmm. that's a very intimate personal relationship. Mm-hmm. And once that breaks, it's hard it's hard to put yourself out there again. And that's mm-hmm. one thing I ran into. I didn't want to share that with someone else again. I was like, you know what? I'm solo artist right. from now on. Right. But um, so when that didn't work out, uh, pursuing music and composition, I wanted to write music for games. Oh, nice. That nice. Was, That'd yeah, be cool. That, really cool. that was what I wanted to do because we'd gotten to a point where music and games was no longer just the the midi bleeps and bloops from Mario and like, mm-hmm. the Nintendo era. Not to take away from the artists who created some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of those are the most catchy and memorable tunes of, of my whole life. Well, and some of the people who worked on that stuff were visionaries. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then when I heard like a soundtrack from like Panzer Dragoon, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, like, I could wow. write music like this for games. Like, yeah. I would do this. Well, some of the some of the RPGs back in the day, like, you know, the the, the early Final Fantasies and stuff, mm-hmm. like some of the, some of the soundtracks they... They had that was way ahead like yeah that was the way ahead classical music and stuff playing in there or what i i perceived at the time to be mm-hmm. kind of more of a classical bent uh really did create an emotion if you would sit there and listen mm-hmm. to it you know and that was the other thing too is i think that like they relied heavily on story telling but the music that went with that created an emotion so you can remember playing a certain part of a game yeah. or something and there's a song playing in the background and you remember what that felt like. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you remember that is, is due in part to that music. You know, I remember one yeah. of the, I remember one time playing, uh, what was it, uh, The Ocarina of Time, uh, Legend of Zelda. I had been up, I think it was up at three in the morning playing the game. And I got to the point, and it was early in the game where you're leaving the village, meet this little girl who gives you the uh, your first ocarina or whatever. And she's like, oh, we're going to be friends forever. And there was something <laughs> playing in the background that must have tugged on my heartstrings because at one point I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to leave. I think of two games just right off the top of my head. One I just recently played, which was God of War. And I mean, you're this you're this Greek god, you know, with this giant axe and you're taking out these huge trolls and doing all this and that. And I mean, the action, the impact and all that, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I walk through this this bifrost in the game and I walk through this gate and it's playing this uh, 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 like I'm just walking somewhere and I'm like I just want to fucking walk <laughs> I just want to walk in this game have to walk. I'm going to look yeah. at this fucking tree that's all I'm going to do here because I don't want this I don't want this moment to end like you'll, you'll just remember that the other one is um, The Last of Us Mm-hmm. And The Last of Us, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big narrative gamer now. Started off with the sports gaming, mm-hmm. and now, I, I, you know, I need narrative. But there's, there's a, I can't remember his first, Gustavo Santolaya is his name. He's the guy who composes and, and does the music for that. And, I mean, we're talking like, he's got like this piece of wood with four strings on it, and he's rubbing a rock across it, and he's doing these things, and he's making these noises with it. And you see him sitting there doing it, and you're like, it, it doesn't, it like it sounds pretty cool, but then they, you see him, overlap it on on top of this story in this moment, and it was just, it, it's it's breathtaking, man. I mean, mm-hmm. music is such a huge part of it now, such mm-hmm. a huge part. 
but part of what I loved about them was that, you know, they started, you know, as they as they progressed, you know, they started getting, like, actual actors and stuff in the games <laughs> who can act yeah, yeah, and, yeah. like, do, you know, yeah. create an emotion just by the look on their face. And then when you combine that with the music that's playing at the time, you know, it just really does create just an atmosphere and it draws you in and it sucks you into the game and you get invested in these people. And they're, you know, it, it you know, people talk about, like, oh, it's a, it's a great way to avoid real life or something. You know, it's a great way to kind of disconnect oh, from, okay. from life. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, you know, it can bring its own stresses and its own problems. All right, maybe. Okay, I'm going to go a little deeper on that. Okay. I, that I'm, I'm interested in that. It's a way to connect from disconnect from real life or avoid mm-hmm. real life. What are we doing if not trying to experience and appreciate art? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of things that we do in life that are just like, oh, you got to you gotta fuel up the car. You got to go get the brakes changed. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so as far as disconnecting from life, I would disagree with that wholeheartedly. Me too. Because there's nothing more in this life than having those emotional human experiences. So I disagree with that. Oh, I, I completely agree. I, I wasn't I, saying that you did. No, no, I, mean, I, I would I say to that, that person, yeah, whoever right. says that, they're missing the point of this right this and I would say I would say those people out there who say that are, are probably yeah. are woefully ignorant of what these things have actually mm-hmm. become you know just like I was saying earlier that like people for the longest time I used to have to tell, tell people at GameStop I'm like you know because they complain about oh I can't believe there's these mature rated games uh-huh. I'm like well you got to realize that the a- average age of a gamer has changed it's yeah. not the 12 year olds and the 10 year olds it's it's the 20 somings and, and 30 somethings now who are who are really driving the market. So the market had to change, right? And Lash lately has been playing uh, Detroit Become Mm -hmm. Human, and he's been putting that on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a dedicated YouTube channel? So I do have a a dedicated YouTube channel. I just Mm kind of got that rolling. Um, Nothing too crazy, serious. I'm not trying to get it. Well, I mean, if it got big, that'd be great. But I mean, that's that's not really my goal. My my, it started off with really just try to catalog some of my playthroughs. Sure. Because how cool would it be for me to go back and see the last, the first time I watched Joel holding his daughter while he, she died in his arms? Mm-hmm. That, do, you, that's, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's crazy. I mean, uh, if uh, I could yeah. just hear that, I mean, it would be silence, but I yeah. know that I, I, it would resonate, you know? So mm-hmm. that's kind of where it starts. I mean, I know that was kind of grim, but I mean, but, you know, on the other side of that too, you know, um, you know, if I'm playing God of War, you know what I mean? The first time I, I go and fight, you know, one of these Greek, or I'm sorry, uh, Norse gods you know and i just thought it would be cool to kind of go back and revisit so as i started doing it um you know a couple of people were interested in it and obviously gamers no gamers so mm-hmm. right um you know i put it out there a little bit mike's been watching a couple yeah, of them I, it's I subscribe been fun. to the channel I where can they the find channel. your channel so it's on youtube it's uh the dad larue it's all caps one word um and uh yeah so i've got i've got five or six episodes out right now on on detroit and, uh, well, and those are the ones I've been watching. I'm really interested in that one. That one caught my attention last year at our conference, and I haven't had a chance to take it for a so spin yet. But yeah, incredible. Really? I gotta say. Well, okay, so if I can just interject, please for just go a for second. it. Rock and roll. I, I just want to say because you know I said said earlier I'm a graphics whore. The yeah. graphics on there are insane. It'll blow your mind. Just absolutely mind. incredible, and it's got the Kurgan in there. Uh, uh, the The Kurgan, you know, from from uh, Highlander. I know him as the uh, uh, the the. The prick um, guard that worked in Shawshank. Oh, Redemption. Okay. 
Yeah. He says, <laughs> you know, right, he yeah. says, if I even hear a mouse fart in here, yeah. by God and sonny Jesus, you will all visit the infirmary. Every motherfucker in here. Right? Let's do an episode where it's just all movie quotes. Yeah, yeah right. No, no doubt. It's better to burn hey, out than to yeah. fade away. Oh. So that, that's him from the, from the Highlander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've really never seen the Highlander? I probably have seen that. Oh my god! Okay, we'll talk about that. Yeah. But yeah, so so he's he's in this, and so like I said lately, you know, I, I was telling Lash, I'm like, I've been watching that James Cameron thing. They talked about AI. I've been watching a couple other things. I, I recently watched on Netflix, um, uh, Bill Nye saves the world, mm-hmm. uh, and he did this thing on AI, which if you haven't seen it, <laughs> hilarious. It starts off with him as a therapist talking to a coffee pot, <laughs> an automated <laughs> coffee pot, and the the coffee yeah. pot, the voice. Is voiced by uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Nice, and I, it's absolutely hilarious. I love it. Fucking awesome. So, so you know, I started watching this uh, Detroit Become Human, mm-hmm. and like I said, I'm absolutely a graphics whore, and the graphics on it are insane, just absolutely beautiful. But you know, one of the things is it's re- it really interests me is this idea that these androids in this game are starting to gain a consciousness or have emotions. And, you know, it's talking about, like, what it, what it means to be human, right? And as I'm watching Lash and his wife play through these different episodes, it's interesting to me because you can hear the two of them talking on his, his YouTube thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've, I've been able to, to make some comments because I've tuned in live. Uh, and, yeah. and yeah. But then it's, it's interesting because as a third so party, totally as a third party watching this from the outside, I can hear the two of them discussing, oh, what should I do now? Because they have to make a choice, and every choice has a consequence. And, and so when they're interacting with somebody, you know, as they're playing as one of these android characters, they have to determine, okay, like, for instance, this, this one android is a, working with the police force. So he has to determine, like, am I going to be forceful? Am I going to try and relate to this person that I'm talking with? Am I going to, you know, there's different branches you can take. And so Lash and his wife are discussing it and talking about different things and trying to make up their minds about how they want to act. I, as a third party watching it, know what I would do and what I want them to do. Don't go in and the I'm door. Like, Don't go. In Mike's like, door. push fucking square. That's right. Push <laughs> the square button. Push the square button. Don't do that. Yeah. What but, what drives your decisions in a game like that? Do you are you are you yes. actively really role playing and trying to like immerse yourself, or do you find yourself having tendencies to behave as you would in the real world? Well, anytime I'm playing a game. It's the goal is to immerse myself. Um, So I've always got something in mind, a direction I'm trying to go, a way I want to be, especially when you have a game that offers choice, right? So a lot of games out there offer choice, but they kind of disguise choice in a very linear fashion, okay? So you can make all these different decisions, but the game still kind of ends the same way, right? This game, uh, one of the most impressive things that I've, I've realized about this game is that when you make a decision, there is no right decision. There's not a right decision. There is a consequence for every single, like you are going to have a pit in your stomach after almost every single decision that you make in this game. And you have to leverage what you're trying to do. So in my mind, you, you know, I talk about the immersion. You, you're the, you're these androids who are being cast aside at a society, right? And, they are, like Mike said, kind of becoming self-aware, and they, they're, they're in this spot now where are they going to turn on humans, or you understand yeah. what I'm saying? So you have this dynamic now, and for me, 
I always think, I mean, I see, I see this type of stuff in real life. You know what I mean? People who are trying to, you know, overcome obstacles because they're oppressed or whatever it is. And so my goal as these characters is to not meet them with the same thing that they do. So I'm almost taking a nonviolent approach if I can. You know, otherwise I'm not I'm not any different than them. Well, in a couple of episodes that I've watched where he's playing and his wife's playing, you know, he's trying to yeah. make a decision. Oh, should I do this? Should I do this? And I hear him make comments like, I can't do that. That wouldn't be right. Right. You know, and yeah. so, so when That's he's awesome. playing, I believe, I believe watching him that he's actually playing as the way he would like to Look, live his mm-hmm. life. You know, right. he's he's making moral decisions based on, you know, the consequences of of doing something that could be construed as morally wrong. Well, like one scene in this game, okay, um, you are a f- an android, a female android, and you've, you're with this little girl, and you're, you're looking for shelter. And they're on the run. People are looking for them. And you have these different options. There's a laundromat. You can go in there and steal clothes from a guy who's sleeping in this laundromat to try and clothe the gal, right? Or I can go into this convenience store and hold up this guy for money so that I can get a hotel for shelter there. Um, and these were the these were the decisions that I was faced with because I didn't feel right about, you know, I, I, I'm trying to get away from that. And now I'm going to hold somebody up at a gas station for 40 bucks. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, no, I can't do that. So I went and found wire cutters, cut through this fence, and we slept in a car. Yeah. Oh my god. And and, and as I'm watching this, I can li- I can literally hear the, conf- the the conflict in his voice as he's trying to decide what he's going to do. It is. You it know, is. he's because he's making me want comments. to get back into playing stuff. Like I, I that is well, and and I'm, where we're finally going. That's yeah. I'm I'm right there with you. Like I'm watching this game and going, oh my god, I got to get a PS4. I want to play this game. Yeah. Like I want to I want to buy him a PS4. I want to <laughs> feel. <laughs> you got to play this. That's right. 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 Yeah. It's it's phenomenal. And then on the other on the other aspect of this is, and I was I was discussing this with Lash earlier. There's such a thing. Uh, there's something called the Turing test. I don't know if you've ever heard yeah. of it. Okay. So you know the Turing test is was uh, uh, back in 1950s. Uh, this guy I can't remember his first name. Turing. Will came, Turing. Was it Will? I don't think so. But uh, anyway, uh, he came up with this idea of, of trying to see, because he, I guess, you know, in his own in his own right, probably a visionary, mm-hmm. uh, could see where computers were going to take us, uh, you know, what the possibilities were. And so he designed this test where you'd have a third party reading a conversation between a computer and a person. But this, this third party didn't know if it was two people or if it was a person in a computer. They were just looking at printouts, right? right? Just, looking, just looking at printouts of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And from this, they were trying to determine whether or not uh, it was a, whether or not this computer was a person or not. And if they mistook this computer as a person, well, then the computer passed the Turing test. Sure. You know, say, basically saying that it could pass for a human, which is interesting to me because at the time it was not about AI. It was just about how good the computers were, how advanced they were at, uh, at making choices, making decisions given their programming. But, I mean, look at where we're at years later, you know, 1950 versus 2018, and we're playing a game where we're trying to determine, like, what these AI, these androids that have been programmed by people, you know, whether or not... We're basically trying to decide what it means to have a soul in this game. Right. And it's interesting to me because this is a question that science fiction has, has addressed numerous times over. 
you know, because we talk about like Skynet, right? Yeah. Skynet was a super intelligent computer that determined that, that the human race didn't deserve to live. But in developing Skynet, Skynet became its own entity, mm-hmm. created its own consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so, so the question is, where is AI going to take us? And mm-hmm. so to bring this kind of full circle, like I said, I've been watching this James Cameron's <laughs> history, like, like story of science fiction. And I've been, I watched that sure. Bill Nye saves the world talking about AI. And it was interesting, like some of his, his views on AI there and how it can help us, you know. And, and so it's, it's kind of this, this interesting thing. Like when you when you look at it, science fiction has been trying to answer this question for years. Oh, absolutely. Things, yeah. things like Blade Runner, mm-hmm. or what was actually turn, you know the original title, yeah. "Do Androids Dream mm-hmm. of Electric Sheep?" You know, can computers have a consciousness? Can they have a soul? And what would that mean for the human race if they right. did? And this yeah. game, you know, Detroit Become Human, is kind of addressing that and is doing it so well. And it's draw it's drawing it is you in. We're, yeah, we we we're gonna bookmark that. And as we come back through this, we're going to have to come back and do an episode sp- specifically on AI, yeah. its implications, its impact, and where we've gone with it, where we will. I mean, obviously, um, one of the greatest uh, minds in history has, has left this plane of existence. Uh, Hawking. Yeah, mm-hmm. Professor Hawking. And he had a lot of things to say about AI and where it was going and, you know, words, cautionary tale kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I think we should definitely come back and talk about that. Oh, that'd be interesting. I, to I do, would yeah. really like to dig well, into it, like to do yeah. some pre, like pre-research on it and talk mm-hmm. about it. I'd be down. And I, be I, cool. I, Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, all these different mediums that we're talking about, I th- two words come to mind, which are really scope and mm-hmm. perspective, right? So you talk about playing a game, you know, and we talk about these experiences. I wonder if I was born like four or 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would be interested in just sitting at a campfire listening to stories because I not maybe not with the sole purpose of making myself more well-rounded or more knowledgeable or anything. I just want to know, yeah. you know, like you just you just want to experience things, you know. And so, um, you know, <laughs> this game does a really, really, really good job of that. I mean, that same scene where you walk into the convenience store, you walk up. And the guy working behind the counter, African-American gentleman, and he sees this android who's homeless, and he says, oh, now I've seen it all. I've, you know, a homeless Mm -hmm. android. And it just puts this whole thing into perspective, and you just start thinking about it. You're like, man, how things can evolve, what direction could things go? You know, when I mean, well, it's it, the unemployment rate is at like thirty-five or forty percent in the game. People are losing their jobs over these creations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's I mean, pretty if, interesting. I mean, if you think about it, it probably would be a very real uh, uh, thing problem mm-hmm. if, if we created androids that did all the work and stuff. Right. What would that do? What would that mean for us as a, as a, a species? Would that put us out of work? It very well may. And take note because that'll yeah. come up for sure in, in that that episode. Oh yeah, definitely, Absolutely. definitely. Well, I never actually got to tell. My story of becoming passionate about games. Oh yeah, so let's hear it. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course, I want to hear. You know, because I played games as a child. I had the twenty six hundred. Mm-hmm. I remember the Christmas that we got a Genesis. When I went away to school, oh. like I went in the basement and unboxed and took the NES with me because my my brother and those they were keeping the Sega Genesis. So I was like, oh, I'll take this this old fashioned system to to school, <laughs> and I'll have something to play every now and again when I'm done playing, when I'm done working or whatever. It was in Bookman's. 
and I was buying some old Nintendo games or Super Nintendo games or, or something like that. Because again, at that point, it was it was more of like the the, the casual hobby. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy working there, his name was Neil. He was like, "Oh, have you played Resident Evil?" And oh. I and I had purchased a Sega Saturn because I had a Sega Genesis, and that was uh, that was like, oh, I was like, "No, it's not." So I went out and got a PlayStation just so I could play this game that he was losing his mind over. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to play Resident Evil. I was like, okay, sure. I like scary things. It's cool. That game, yeah, that got me into games. That that was the turning point for me because I was like, oh my god, I'm having an emotional reaction other than just frustration that I can't make this jump in Mega Man. I'm like actually yeah. being like emotionally mm-hmm. like frightened. I'm I'm scared. Uh, my heart is going and that's what I did. And then Tomb Raider. Those those games were the turning point for me for getting like passionate. That's awesome, about games. man. I think about the door, the loading screen, you walk into <laughs> it and you're like, what the hell's in here? You know? Well and then playing, yeah. playing it late at night. Oh yeah. You know? Like you'd get invested in that. Like oh, like I watched horror movies growing up, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I I grew up in the eighties, so I watched the the gory, you know, the the blood and mm-hmm. guts and stuff all like all over like the really bad mm-hmm. horror movies, right? They never scared me as a kid. But playing Resident Evil, the first Resident Evil on PlayStation, at like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and something jumps out at you, my skin would crawl. I'd yeah. get like goosebumps. The game wasn't that even that graphic. About. No, no, not at no. all. No. It was t- sad and blocky and but it got there. It got you there. It got you there. I feel like like the camera angles. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, you couldn't move the camera. Like, if you wanted to look over there, you couldn't look over there. (laughs) The camera was down on the corner, in in the corner of the hallway, and then looking up at you almost from the floor, and then these dogs would jump through the windows. Remember, you'd Mm -hmm. hear the glass shatter, and you're just like, holy shit, you know? And then you'd see the dogs run on the other side of your character, and you're freaking out. You're like, what the hell? (laughs) This is going about what you're talking about with, like, movies versus Mm -hmm. games. That Mm -hmm. that emotional investment, that thing that you're tied into, Mm -hmm. that you don't really have the same... Like, I watch scary movies. Yeah, scary. But, man, when I don't want to turn a corner in a video game, when I put the, mm-hmm. when I played Silent Hill yeah. 2, oh. and I opened this door, and it was just black, and I heard sounds, I just... Close the door I, and I, walk I, away. I, I turned... I put... The, I was done for the day. I was like, mm-hmm. I can't do it. Yeah. I cannot walk out. I cannot. <laughs> I cannot make this digital pretend man on the screen walk out into this black digital pretend world. That I couldn't do it. I was well, like, I'm and, out. And that... You know, Resident Evil was a great game, barring a few issues, like with some of the dialogue. Sure. You Master know, of and, Unlocking. Yeah. yeah. Was, Barry. Yeah, Master where's Lock. Barry? <laughs> Whoa. Do yeah. it again. Do it again. No. Barry, where's Barry? <laughs> no, that was a, I that think was a fantastic he's... game. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this isn't Chris's blood. <laughs> that's a giant fucking tarantula. <laughs> I think that's a quote. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. But no, those games they yeah. they were great. I loved them. Yeah, I told my you know? I told my wife tonight, like, because she caught me watching his his YouTube channel of of, of uh, Detroit and become human. So well, 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 okay, so so here's the thing. I was making fun of the kids because I've never watched you. I have never watched YouTube until mm-hmm. Lash got this thing going, and uh, and the kids were watching YouTube. They have their favorite YouTuber. I'm like, what yeah. the hell are you guys talking? What the fuck? What the fuck is a YouTuber? Like seriously, come Hold on, this is stupid. Watch my buddy last YouTube. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever fucking heard of, right? Like my I... favorite YouTuber. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever, kids. I'm like, I walk in one day, they're watching like Minecraft on yeah. U- on yeah. YouTube. I'm like, what are you doing? 
I'm wa- we're watching so and so play Minecraft. I'm like, why aren't you playing Minecraft? We have an Xbox 360. <laughs> we have an Xbox One. You can play it on either console on two different TV. What What are you guys doing? Michael, I don't why don't you this. go out and play football? Why are you playing Madden? Exactly. Playing FIFA? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I get so it, yeah. so t- today I'm watching because <laughs> I don't have a PS4. And so I'm trying to keep up with what's going on in Detroit. And, and I'm watching Lash and his wife play this game. And my wife walks up behind me and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm watching Lash and Jade play Detroit Become Human on YouTube. She's like, what? I'm like, I'm watching Lash and Jade watch play Detroit on YouTube. She's like, wait, aren't you? Didn't you make fun of the kids for doing this? Well, Maybe. She's like, so you're just watching somebody play games. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm watching Lash and Jade play games. Yeah. <laughs> totally different than just somebody. Well, yeah. we're about to take that dive as well, this household. Really? Well, for one, I have wanted to find the perfect episode to film because we've already got the YouTube channel. We've just never posted anything on oh, it. Oh, nice. For the Red Room. So one of these episodes is going to make its way as a video as well. That's and cool. then Natalie uh, is, has finally agreed after I've been like, Pressing the issue to start doing her own like book reviews and things because there's a whole sub subculture on oh, YouTube yeah. that called reads the books. Book, booktube. Really? Oh yeah, it's. I've never heard of that. Wow. Well, I, I like books, but I've I, never heard of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Even with the Barnes and Noble? Yeah, booktube. Booktube. Um, it's a whole little thing with like reviewers and book halls and really? I've seen a lot of it. Yeah, so they oh, wow. they make a lot of recommendations. It's it's cool. Makes sense. And I've been trying yeah. to push her to do it. I'm like, look, you should do it. You've got a lot of things to say about these books. You read like constantly. There's something there. You could put it up. And so she's finally going to dive in. So Nice. Let me know when she That's does really that because cool. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. I will subscribe yeah. to her That's channel. Awesome. We're, we're YouTubers now. Yeah, we're YouTube. all YouTubers now. I'm yeah. not a YouTuber. Check it you know what? So, www.wedontyoutube.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could be a YouTuber with 17 subscribers. Yeah, probably you know? I not. Think, yeah, I think yeah. I need to. Well, I'm going to go subscribe right now. Yeah. Well, 18. I was yes. I was I was looking at, on on YouTube one day. I got this little little thing that came up on my phone, so I got my tablet out and I'm like, okay, I'm looking at it. It was Lash and his son playing uh, Fortnite. Fortnite, yes. And my kids play Fortnite, and uh, and so my daughter's there, and I'm and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, Lash and uh, Peyton are playing Fortnite on YouTube. Do you want to watch? She's like, oh yeah, yeah. Can I subscribe? I'm like, yeah, you can subscribe because she's all about this YouTube thing. She's yeah. eight years old. I have no idea what half the shit is. <laughs> And she's like, she's like sitting there watching it with me, and she's like, we're, we're interacting, you know. Lash is asking for people to make comments or whatever, and she's like, ask him when he's gonna get some merch. <laughs> yeah, I I'm said, like, well. I'm like, wait, ask him what? She's like, when is he gonna get some merch? You know, yeah. my favorite YouTuber has merch. Well, I'm kicking the idea around of starting his own YouTube channel. I just, I don't know. So that's uncharted waters as a father and yeah, that's YouTube kind of a tough one with like kids and stuff. I mean, you know, he'd be the son Larue, but so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Jade, she you know she's gonna do a couple of the games with me. You know, she's big into The Last of Us, so we're looking forward to part two. So we want to do, you know, there's there's a couple of titles I'm really looking forward to this year, which are like Spider Man and Red Dead. So I'm really looking mm-hmm. forward to streaming those. But there's big gaps in between there, so we figured it'd be a good time to kind of like you know, do a playthrough of some well, of our actually, old favorite games, and, you know? And it's funny, too, because, like, you know, his wife, she's never really... She's not big into the games. You know, she's, she's made fun of a few things. Like, what was it that she was mocking that day I was at your house? The uh, And oh, this was Jesus, this was last year. It was, uh, it was that... Uh, oh, Friday the, Friday the 13th, wasn't it? 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We Lash, oh, Lash and I were checking yes, out like yes. we were checking out like video game promos, like previews yeah. of different games mm-hmm. and stuff. And she walks in, and she's like, ah, "That looks stupid." Because we're, we're sitting I there, guess. we're like, "Yeah, they're coming out with a Friday the Thirteenth game. This is fucking awesome." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe they'd even do a game like that. That's just so dumb." And she walks out of the room. Well, then a, about a month or so later, like after the game has come out, I find out that she's been playing the hell out of Friday the 13th. She's the only one that fucking plays like, it, man. She's the only one. Only she's one. the only one that plays it. She played it yesterday. Did she really? The game's been out for a year. She's played it yesterday. Oh, God. Yeah. See, look so, at this. Look at this. Look, and you, know, and you know what she said? Oh, I hope she's listening to this. Oh, she's, <laughs> she's going to listen to this. She says, she says, she turns it on and she says. You could subscribe, you know. This is, oh, yeah. No, absolutely. No, I did. I, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So, but she says, uh, oh, they've done a lot to this game. Did they do some firmware updates? Did they? Oh, look at, I think they might have done, oh, what do you call them? Texture packs maybe or something? And I'm going. I don't know whether to yell at you or, you know, <laughs> take you in the back room. I mean, yeah, she, she, so she's, she's a creature of habit. She mm-hmm. doesn't like a whole lot of change. Sometimes you say, hey, check this out. She's like, oh, no, I don't need that. And then, she, and then she'll look at it and go, well, let me try it. You know? Yeah. And she gets, and she'll Just get the taste. controller in her room, you know, and then now I can't play my fucking PlayStation for <laughs> two weeks because she's got to get through this game, you know? Well, she's, and she's, she's into this Detroit, you know, become human. Mm-hmm. Like I can hear him when they're playing and stuff. Like he's, he's going along one night. He's playing like a, an episode. And he's like, oh, I can't go too far because Jade will get mad at me. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I got it's like Netflix cheating. Yeah. Well, I know. It's, it's just like that. That's a, she, she, That's a thing. That's a thing. There's an episode I got on there and I'm listening to it and she's like, oh, you played some episodes without me. <laughs> You're like, no, I don't know why that's no, all, no. F- that whole bar's filled with red. I don't know. That's weird. That's really, really weird. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we left it Did on. It I think it's autoplay. I, just, I, I turned it off. I turned it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got yeah. it back out of the app, honey. <laughs> awesome. I feel like I feel like when I'm listening to it, sometimes I, I, I picture uh, gra- the movie Grandma's Boy, <laughs> where when grandma's when grandma's playing the game. Oh, oh no, it, it, this is this is well, drug dealers are bad, so yeah. we'll go ahead and kill them. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of what it's I it's kind of what I picture when Jade is playing sometimes, and I'm I apologize to you, Jade, if you listen to this and ever hear this. You know, um, I, I love you to death. But sometimes your comments just make me think of grandma. She is a beautiful, strong woman. She'll be she all is. right. <laughs> She'll be all right. She's 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 fine. Yeah. She'll kick my ass. Is basically what he said. Oh, no, later no, at a later no. date. No, she, well, that's half she the talks fun of the podcast game. is getting guys in trouble with their significant others later on. That's yeah, part well, of why we well, publish shit, it. Man, I, I got a couple sure more topics. Yeah, <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can really get to those. I'm a huge fan of Hideo Kojima, and mm-hmm. I never would have guessed by your T-shirt. Okay, yeah, or you know, I. I a huge fan, but I love his games. But what I like most about him than anything else, and this is the truth, I follow him on Instagram. That guy sees art in everything, mm-hmm. everything, food, scenery, um, music. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy, the guy posts more more music stuff than he does game stuff. You know what I mean? But he just mm-hmm. he just sees a beauty in in everything that he looks at. And I just I, I find that so admirable. So when you guys talk about these people who sit there and just just look for holes, you know what I mean, and problems with everything, it just drives me nuts. My my brother, I love him to death, but you know he likes to he likes to do that. You know what I mean? Pick and it's apart. almost it's almost yeah. like I know it a lot. It's almost like they do it to build credibility. You know what I mean? I yeah. agree with that completely. It's so much easier to say negative things, and I mean that sounds a little bit 
infantile almost, but it's true. Yeah. Like, if people build their credibility by saying negative things, it's so much easier to like, oh, you must be a serious critic because you didn't like that. Why is that more valid than praising something? Just because mm-hmm. you go against the grain. If you hate mm-hmm. something, right. suddenly, oh, well, you must be more discerning. Mm-hmm. Well, what if I love something and that makes me more discerning because I was able to find the beauty in it? Right. Exactly right. Exactly. And I just, I don't know. I, I feel like... I feel like the world in general just misses out on that. You know what I mean? Everybody's so opinionated about anything. And even if you don't agree with something, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Even if you don't agree with something, you you can't find the beauty or the, or, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, where someone else might find the beauty. Right. It's not for me, but someone else might. Right. I I can appreciate that. Well, I get it. On a similar note, and just maybe a little more personal note, and I know I've said this before about Mitch, you know, in different podcasts and stuff. So Mitch is one of those guys that, like, finds beauty in a lot of things, and a beauty in a lot of people. You know, he's not hate judging everybody. Liar. (laughs) He loves to hate me. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Figure that one out. He's not judgmental. And so, like, I I don't know. Did you ever meet uh, Dave Martinez? I don't know that I did. Okay. I don't think I did. So, yeah, so an old friend of ours, Dave Martinez, we've talked about him numerous times on podcasts when, when Charlie and I have been here and stuff. Uh, and he and he and Mitch shared this this thing in common is that, you know, they, they can see uh, a value in people, mm-hmm. you know, whereas, like, I'm a little more judgmental. I'm like, okay, I don't like this person, and I'm never going to like this person, and I just write them off, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and whereas Mitch is, he, he actually looks at people and Dave, Dave used to do this all the time too, where he would look at people and he would find something of value in, in, in people. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, too many times with, in our society, within the world, we do have a lot of people who do that where we, mm-hmm. they're, they're more like me. They write people off, but we need more people like Mitch and like Dave who, who would see, you know, the good in people. Yeah. And look for the good in people and look for it first, mm-hmm. you know, instead of well, looking yeah, for you know an what? excuse. That's the key right there. Yeah. Instead of yeah. looking for an excuse not to like this person that you just met. Yeah. I don't like this guy. Let me find something I yeah. do Yeah. Like. This guy <laughs> likes PlayStation 4 instead of Xbox. I don't like yeah, it. Fuck that guy. Yeah. That yeah. guy's a douchebag. Yeah. So. Just like the other guy. Who, yeah. who, who did we fuck twice? <laughs> I don't know about you. I was yeah. going to say, I don't know where this conversation's going. <laughs> I think I think you're all alone on that island there, but I'm, I'm the one no, not I remember, drinking. No, I remember. <laughs> no, I actually remember it. And I just don't remember who it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But know. anyways, but lots, yeah, like lots of nights drinking. You don't remember who it was, but it was twice. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. But no, I just uh, you know it's it's well, interesting. Thank you, sir. You pay me high compliments that I don't think are deserved, but thank you. I appreciate it. You know, well, I think that everyone that we bring into the red room has got a lot to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea behind it. Well, next time I'm going to wear a shirt that says I bring nothing to the table. Okay, I hope you, I hope you do. And that'll be the episode that we actually broadcast. That, yeah. that'll be the one that we, <laughs> there's the, you bring nothing to Charlie's hard work and his table. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Did yeah, last know that he built this table? I, you know yeah. what? I, I heard Charlie's a lot about worker. this table, actually. Uh, like, talking I heard with Char- Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no. What I mean is... Um, you know, I was. What he uh, means Charlie, is Charlie was fishing for compliments. No, 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 no. Before Charlie, before Charlie moved away, man, we, you know, I, I got to spend a little time with him here and there, and and uh, you know, uh, once over at your place, and mm-hmm. just some really solid conversations. You want to talk about, you know, people who really bring things to the table. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's a unique individual, and he's he's a very intelligent individual, and he doesn't, he he, he doesn't tell you, he'll tell you how it is, yeah, but he's very. 
he sees he sees good qualities in people. Um, is a real admirable guy. He helped me a lot through some of the anxiety stuff that I was going through. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and uh, and I mean, so did Mike, man. And 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 this has just been beneficial. You know what I mean? Just to get out and talk to you guys. And this is why you got to have out. friends, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah, I I keep hearing that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keep hearing that. You work retail. You just want to <laughs> you want to go home and shoot people on video <laughs> games. Yeah, 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 that's understandable <laughs> but, sometimes. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, well, I hope I you've had a good enough time that you'd come back. Oh man, are you so kidding? Like, this is the, you're gonna this have is to the, kick the, me the, out of your house, dude. This yeah. is the invitation. This is the the preemptive invitation to return. I would like to be a regular, please. I'll be taking some notes yep. as we do go through this one, and like, oh, we got to come back for this topic and this mm-hmm. topic and this topic. Perfect. And I'd love, you know, feel free to reach out and say, hey, Mitch, this is the topic I'd like to come back and talk about. And here, you know, here's, you know, I don't want Mike there. You know, whatever. <laughs> and we'll I do feed it. off we can make Mike. that happen. Mike is an energy. <laughs> Mike well, is you know, an energy. He is it, like he's very motivated. Yeah, at the very least, I, I present a foil that you can all play off of. It's, uh, <laughs> whatever. <you know. laughs> man, we we do this yeah. shit all the times, man. It's, it's true. Just, it's, it's not. True. It's, you know, I just we don't have a mic and a headphones yeah. on our head. That's you know? true. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, that's what is... I've. You know, you mentioned earlier in the night something about like sitting around the fire, like being born, like you you lived four hundred years ago, five hundred years yeah. ago. Yeah. That idea of like sitting around the campfire, sharing stories and talking and like experiencing like other people's position in life and like their viewpoint, that was part of this. This is part of the reason I wanted to do this. Absolutely. My favorite nights have been sitting out in front of a fire mm-hmm. talking to my friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is that is when when I go, those are the experiences I'll be thinking about. I know, man. It's so. really it's awesome. It's yeah, awesome. This is yeah. as always, Mitch, this is a great experience. You know, thank yeah. you so much for having me. Uh, I love coming here and hanging with you, man. And do it more uh, often. Just do it talking. more often, please. Yeah. It's a bitchin' setup, man. Yeah, indeed. It's a bitchin' setup. You got something going good here. So well, thanks, guys. And then I'll I'll try to get you guys over. We'll do uh Yes. We'll we'll try and stream oh, something. Yeah. Stream some, do some, uh, some games, games or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh I hear that there's uh there's rumors that about a Resident Evil two should be shown at uh E three. The, the remake been talking for a while. Yeah. There was like a fan made one or something, and now mm-hmm. there's a real like talk mm-hmm. about it now. I would, I would, I would, oh. I'm banking on it. I, I think it's, I, I do a lot of searching around. Well, Vegas odds are putting it 10 to 1, so what do you put? I don't know. <laughs> let's take the, let's say, no, take the no, I'm <laughs> saying, really, I, I'm happening. saying there's like a 50% chance it's going to be there. It'll, I, I think, I think they'll show Resident Evil 2. That's there. hot. I'll take that action. Yeah. How much yeah. do you nice. put on it? Uh, you don't think they'll show it? I have no idea. I'm just, I'm just having fun. He just likes to play devil's advocate sometimes. I, yeah. He's got, look at him. He's got that devilish grin on his face right there. <laughs> you know he's just messing with if, you. If, if it, they don't show it at E3, I'll buy you a copy of the game when it comes out. <laughs> In well, five years. I got, you know I got, what? I you can't I pass up play. a deal like that, Mitch. Yeah. All right. Cool. Hey, um, so closing out the night, guys, I yeah. had a really great time again. Thank you for sitting down and chatting with me. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you, man. Um, Thank you. And so as we close it out, any like parting words of wisdom, thoughts, Mike? Uh, like I said, I don't bring anything to the table, so I don't know if I have any wisdom to impart. Good Just point. Uh, uh, Actually, I don't know if it's wisdom or not, but I think uh, everybody out there probably needs to find their passion. Mm-hmm. You know, Passion, I think, is what drives us. Passion is what gives meaning to, to what we do and this, this funny little thing we call life. Yeah. I, uh, you know, find something to be, be passionate about. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's something good. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, brother. Well, yeah, no, for me, um, obviously my first time here, um, I've listened to a couple of the previous ones and I just, I'm really, I really appreciate you bringing me in and, and letting me be a part of this. Uh, 
You know, Mike and I go way back. We go back a little bit, but I'd like at least to, to the Alamo. I, yeah, I would like I would like to get some more time with you guys. Um, yeah, I I think like I said earlier, I just think that the theme of this whole thing was passion, and and uh, I was really excited about coming down here and talking to the, about this stuff with you guys. You know what I mean? And getting this stuff out and. Uh, just thank you very much. It's, oh, it's been awesome, you. man, and I can't wait to come back. So. Well, we'll do a follow-up episode about uh, E3 and some of those other things we hit on, like AI and things. Shit. And, mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then after you guys see Solo, you'll have to come back. Maybe we'll come back and do it with the uh, couple other guys here that have done the Star Wars episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, hey, thanks for joining us for this episode of Resonance from the Red Room. Uh, I've been your host, Mitch Proctor, and uh, every day, once a day, give yourself a present. Have a good night.